Welcome to Salam Nerds Podcast. We do reviews and recaps of your favorite movies and shows. We focus on representation and the voices that are ignored. Yo, 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 it's the Salam Nerds. My name is Lee, a.k.a. Watch me, Lee, I'm here, my boy, Jazz. We drop live episodes on YouTube on Sundays, Tuesdays, and Wednesdays at 10.30 p.m. Eastern. All episodes can also be found everywhere podcasts are found. Thank you to all our supporters. Please help us by subscribing and leaving a good review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Yo, 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 salam, nerds. It's your boy, Neebs, a.k.a. Watch with Neebs, and I'm here with my co-host, DJ Invincible. <laughs> <laughs> I love how you they know, do those intros, man. <laughs> you know, I, I love how they do the intros, but in the first episode, they don't do them, and they that always caught me off guard. Yeah, they never do it in the first episode. I was waiting for it, because, like, he pauses, and you think the opening screen is coming on, and then it doesn't I always mm. thought that, and it wasn't happening. But listen, we got to introduce our guest. You may remember him from our episode on Rings of Power. It's Destructo. What's going on, bro? How are you? I'm doing good, guys. Very happy to be here. Invincible is my absolute favorite comic book storyline of all time. And so I, I, like, I was so floored when the show came out. And so like, I'm super duper excited to get on here and talk about it. More excited than like any other show, honestly. Really? Cool. Tell us why. Dude, ah, shoot. I think it was the first. Okay, I had a really hard time getting into DC and Marvel comics. I've, I've read a bunch of them, but it was tough for me because um, the continuities are so long that, like, like, it was hard to just, like, open a comic book and just, like, read it. But Invincible, like, there was a beginning. You know, you could start at volume one and then just work your way up. Like, it was one single storyline focused on one, you know, one handful of characters. Um, and it really resonated with me because of just like it was cool. It was hella cool, like especially yeah. because of the twist. Um, I actually I didn't read like issue by issue. I read the first volume, which is like the first like 20 or so issues. And so by the end of the first volume, like you see the you see the twist and it's like it had me hooked. And I just kept going from there. That was mm, nice. a crazy, crazy uh, look. I I did not see that coming. And I'm just like. When I first saw the, you know, the ending of episode one and I was like, shit, this is a very woke show. And it's yeah. really interesting. Like people think like thing like the Marvels is woke or things like some of these other shows are woke. They're not woke. They're just regular shows with diverse casts. That's all they yeah. are. Right. <laughs> it's just the, the casting is reflecting our current population that's right. really all it is there's nothing woke about this show there's nothing yeah, woke exactly. about the marvels right uh but when you look at shows like invincible like it's actually very woke because it's actually talking about like the political climate of things that are happening right now if you are smart yeah. enough to understand yeah and because of that i'm like it's funny how no one calls this show out for being woke but they'll right. call out some of the dumbest shit like snow white there's nothing woke about snow white they just nothing like took, like there's it's nothing woke snow. about that is this is a movie with like and, and for snow white in particular it's just because rachel rachel zegler the the lead has like dared to speak her mind on like how she thinks about the snow white story as a whole and it's being yeah. considered for almost that reason alone 
like I, I don't love the way Disney is promoting uh Snow White, but Rachel Ziegler did nothing wrong. Like she is getting no. the she's getting the Brie Larson treatment where the internet is just roasting her for <laughs> doing absolutely nothing wrong. Yeah, it mm -hmm. sucks because it's like this happens in a cycle like like every 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 now and then a new female actress will come onto the scene they'll speak their mind and then they will just be get like horribly bullied by the internet and then there'll be this wave of like oh that was so bad we should have never done that and then it restarts like i remember it happening with i think like my first instance of seeing that happen online was with uh jennifer katniss katniss everything oh jennifer lawrence jennifer lawrence yeah that and was a big one she was getting bullied all over the internet, and then, and then after her, it was you know, um, it was it was Captain Marvel, which was really bad, and it just it, it it gets really annoying because all they do is just like have opinions. Yeah, it's it's really funny to me because like some of the shows that all these people claim to love are the most woke shows out there, and they're just too dumb to understand how woke it is. Like the boys is woke. <laughs> Uh, One Piece is woke. Avatar: The Last Airbender is woke. Andor is woke. But like, none of these things get called woke. It's always the one with female stars or a person yeah. of color. That's it. Yeah. Like, yeah. Obi Obi Wan is woke because they had a female black uh, antagonist. Right. But Andor is not. <laughs> like, Andor's that makes sense. Yeah, it's it's dude. I have so I've had so many arguments in my comment section and other comment sections specifically about the boys. It's actually like the boys was almost too intelligent for fans for like for like for like those type of people to a point where they genuinely think that not only is it not woke, but it's making fun of wokeness and it's making fun of like like pro progressiveness. And and does the amount of people that sincerely believe that from what I've seen is genuinely mind boggling. It's 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 in crazy like they missed the point so far that they actually like make the goal in for the other team. That's like that's how far <laughs> that's how bad they miss it, right? Yeah. All right. So so let's talk about this episode. So this episode um starts off with a very confusing plot line because I'm like watching this and I'm like, what's going on here? So there's a fight going on between mm. Invincible and the Immortal, and we're seeing them fight, and I'm like, oh, cool, they're training. But no, they're legit fighting. And then Omni-Man shows up and starts cutting him up in half. And yeah. it's a real fight. And you're like, oh, shit, Mark is yeah. on the bad guy's side. So I'm like, oh, is this in the future? You know, because that's that's the first thing I thought of. And then right. the other option would be, is it a different universe, right? But that didn't occur to me then. Uh, yeah. But the part where I, I feel like the wokeness of the show came on is where mm. they're like, trying to convince the population that it's their own fault this is happening right mm -hmm. you yeah. made us kill you you made right. us do this to you and i'm right. like it sounds familiar man it sounds uh yeah. sounds very it's familiar going on right now it does like it has some really particular connotations to the real world <laughs> there, there's a settler colonial, uh, colonial state uh that is in the middle east that would uh would be like hey mark you got the right idea yeah <laughs> Yeah, it was really messed up because it was really messed up because when they had like, you know, um stormed the the hideout with where yeah. all the rebels were and they'd, you know, he had did what he did to Eve. He's like, I can't let you hurt any more people. And then like after they'd rounded everybody up, it's over, the battle's over, they've won. And it's still yeah. like, okay, well, you guys were the rebels, so we have to, you know, every single one of you still has to die. And that was really yeah. like that was the woke part about it about it to me too. 
That was wild. Where they're like, "Well, you guys all signed your death warrant as soon as you decided to be, uh, d- decided to defy us." And I was like, "Yeah, I've definitely heard some people say, hey, these citizens have all signed their death warrant the the second they elected right. this group to right. govern them." Right? Like, uh, like, yeah, okay. Like, it's crazy that you've heard, like, over the course of the past few weeks, like, actual people in positions of genuine power say that with no sort of, like, remorse or anything like that. Like, it gets to a point where the media we consume about this can't even be considered satire anymore if it's, like, about what's going on outside of our very windows at that same time. Yeah. So, So he says things like, we didn't destroy your city. You destroyed it by fighting back. I'm like... That's that's not how it works. You're the occupying force. Like mm-hmm. even in the Geneva Con- Convention and international law, the occupied force has a right to resist legally. Mm-hmm. Yep. So like legally, you have the right to resist. So it mm-hmm. makes no sense what the, what they're saying. But the fact that Omni Man and Mark think they're so above these savages and these humans uh, yeah. shows how woke the show is and the uh you know parallels to uh real life yeah you know i actually i had just made a post not not too long ago just recently about how the evil superman trope that sort of invincible and the boys rely on has at least in my like sort of understanding of it been a close examination of our relationship with power and how those with power um justify using violence and how force is is and how violence is um what's the word it's justified and and it is legitimized through with the by those who have more power than others and so like that's why the boys to me and the boys and invincible like took take those concepts and apply them so well in our today in today's landscape that like they look almost parallel to the real world yeah Absolutely. And speaking of the boys, the boys episode will be starting right after this with our boy MTF. So stick oh, around if you guys are uh, not the boys, sorry, Gen D, Gen V, which is kind of like the boys. The spin-off. That's the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we know this is a different uh, timeline. This is a different multiverse, right? So we get into that. Um, and I, I love that they're fighting all these guys, but they're different versions of them. Like if we saw Eve, she's wearing the hat. Uh, we saw the other guy who's like a little, you know, deformed monster uh yeah. and then he go- and then he goes to uh nolan or omni man like one day you too shall die and he goes yeah, yeah but you should have never been born i was like damn <laughs> <laughs> savage that was savage omni man is is messed up man uh so he paralyzes eve um and then this professor gets kind of zapped into a different world Mm. So he gets zapped into a different world, and you have no idea what what happened. And they're like, "Whatever, let's just kill all these people." Mm-hmm. Like it's it's wild what happens. And then I didn't know who this person is or what this person was. Um, and then we see the twins, the the Maulers, I believe they're called. Uh, yeah, they're in the JSL, and and the portal opens up for them. And this doctor the one who we thought was the same one who just went through the portal uh tells them that hey i have this power i can see through different portals and in majority of the other multiverses invincible and omni-man team up to take over Mm. so what he wants to do is he wants to learn from all the other dimensions Mm. and figure out how to beat him 
mm. which is very interesting. And then here you find out, oh, there's a whole multiverse angle. So yeah. I thought that was that was pretty cool. Um, and his name is Anson Levy, which yeah, I thought is interesting because he's a big character in the comics, is he not? Yeah, yeah, he's a he's a very very particular recurring um, antagonist throughout the comics, and they they introduced him and they did his story slightly differently within the TV series. But I, um, the assumption is that it's still going to sort of go down the same the same path. But he's like he's like a big deal. Yeah, so. I love the fact that they, I don't know how different his backstory is in the comics, but in this, they start him off as a pacifist who mm. doesn't like violence and he mm. has this power that he was born with and he wants to learn from all his other, like, you know, what you call it clones or not clones, but like variants, I guess you would say. Yeah, variants. But instead of, but instead of like talking to them and having a conversation, he's like, "No, that's too slow. I just want to download all your memories." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, his his the thing is, yeah, it's it's like pretty much spot on in terms of like his backstory. Like he is in the comics, so he's like, he's also a pacifist, and he's also like just like pretty much singular singularly interested in having as much knowledge from his variants as possible in turn in order to like just maximize um, the world and. Pretty much it goes about the same way within the comics as it does in the TV series where he's getting uh, beat up or well, where Invincible is getting beat up by the Mahler twins and then that stuff happens. Um, and then like the stuff with his brain happens. Uh, the only difference is I always read Engstrom in the comics as more of a pathetic like character than than how he was portrayed in the in the TV series and the TV series. He's he's voiced by um, Sterling K. Knight. Yeah, Sterling the, the guy. Uh, is it night? I think it's Sterling K. Silver. Uh, Sterling K. Brown. It. Sterling something. Yeah, Sterling, Sterling K. Brown, the guy from uh, This Is Us. Yeah, the guy from This Is Us, and also King T'Chaka's brother. Um, you finally got the, very, the color yeah. right. It was brown. <laughs> it was brown. <laughs> yeah, he is. Um, he was. He's a. He has a very cool voice. And so, but in the comics, I always and I talked to Frankie about this as well. We always read him as more of a like pathetic sort of loser character. Um, but I would say like that's the only big change that they had from the comic to the screen. Okay, that makes the voice makes a lot of difference. And yo, the voices this season are amazing. Like fantastic. the voice actors that they got. Dude. are fantastic minus like one of them which like no hate to this guy um Ooh. but we'll, we'll talk about him we'll talk about him he think he shows up <laughs> episode three and, okay. and, and he, he's not a bad voice actor it's just the fact that his voice is so distinguished that like you know it's him like <laughs> uh, see, i already i already immediately know who you're gonna say but you already know who I'm yep. talking about, right yeah, yeah. Yep. <laughs> Like there's some people like John Mulaney. I, I I know he does a lot of voice acting, but he's another yeah. one where every time I hear him, I'm just like, that's just John Mulaney. <laughs> like uh, that's not Chip and Dale. That's just him. Yeah, John Mulaney um, is always John Mulaney. Yeah, yeah. All right. So Mark starts working for Cecil. He's like, hey, he you see him doing all these like heroic things, but he's kind of just out of it. Um, and then they're like, okay, fine, we'll bring you back. We'll bring you back. And then his first thing that he has to do is basically there's a power surge and trying to figure out what's happening with the Mahler brothers. Uh, Levy wants to connect all the brains. Uh, most of it, you know, he's like, hey, there's a world out there that has cured cancer. There's a world out there that's discovered peace. And there's a world out there with different philosophies we haven't thought of. All we got to do is find them and we can bring it to our world and make our world a utopia. It sounds like, in theory, an amazing thing. Like, yeah, that makes sense. I get that. 
but then all the, the problems occur when Invincible shows up and he tries yeah. to stop the Maulers and he tries to stop this whole thing. Now he doesn't know what's happening, so he's going to do punch first, ask questions later. Um, mm. But everything kind of goes kablooey here. Uh, what are your thoughts about um, how this uh, third act in this episode, uh, what you call it, you know, ended out? It was, it was honestly, and this is something that like the show always never fails to like surprise with me with how like gory it can get like every episode like it like every episode still completely shocks me like when when things get gory they get really gory so i'm watching the scene and the maulers from all the different dimensions are just beating the shit out of mark i'm talking about really stomping him out um and it was like it was actually hard to watch because I know, like I know consciously like oh you know he's gonna make it out of this and like I you know I know what happens to an extent but it's like it's still it's like insane to see him getting like actually pummeled this this way and that and I love how that's like a recurring theme throughout the TV series that like he loses damn near every fight he's in because in yeah. the comic books is pretty similar he, he does not win very often and when he does it's a very hard fought win and so I thought that was really really exciting and I was really like just sort of amazed with the show's consistent ability to like always portray their battles um, as like exciting and like always like keep alive the fear that like at any point, like Mark Grayson could actually be killed by one of these people. Yeah. When he fought the beast, uh, I forgot his name. But uh, the King Battle was... beast. Battle beast. Yeah. I yeah. thought, I thought he was going to die. <laughs> I didn't think he was going to come out of there alive. <laughs> I thought it was good. Battle beast. Yeah. That was yeah, that was I have my gnarly. gripes about that. I have my gripes about that that fight. Well, not the fight, but just the introduction of Battle Beast in season one is something that I've been very vocal about how like it, it annoys me because Battle Beast is a very, very significant character that cut like throughout yeah. um like later on in the series. And he in the comic books, he doesn't in get introduced even until like way later down the line. And so like him being introduced in the first like first few episodes in the first season the way he was the way it was was cool because like that's pretty much as powerful as he is in the comic books um it's just that i wish they would have saved it for later because yeah, i mean he's a, he's just a beast and he was he was pummeling mark and it was so funny seeing um seeing omni man right there watching the whole thing what a bastard <laughs> just watching his son <laughs> just get mashed. yeah dude just get smashed it was it was it was wild. Um, the other thing the show does is that when you think the sh episode's over, they'll show like a few credits, and then they'll right. start the show again. <laughs> and I don't know why they do that, but it always gets me, and it always makes the show seem longer than it actually is. So yeah. like we thought the show was over, and now they're showing the Guardians, and I'm like, right. oh, is this like a, I'm like, oh, that's an end credit scene. It went on for another <laughs> ten minutes. I'm just like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like it's all episodes a, are like halfway through, they'll do a credit scene and then there's yeah. like a whole another half to it. I'm like, are you kidding yeah. me? It's so weird. It's so weird. Like you'll see the title sequence, you'll see the credits, you'll see everybody involved, and then like right afterwards, it's like it's like you just continue the show and like 20 more minutes of content. And it, and it got me sometimes where I like I would exit like after seeing the credits, like, oh, it's done. Coming back to find <laughs> yeah. through. I've definitely done that. I'm like, oh. Oh, <laughs> then I sit back down. I was like, "What's going on here?" Uh, yeah, <laughs> oh, no. uh, yeah. So we find out that Immortal is taking over the Guardians. This guy keeps him back, even though he probably loses. Someone had a comment the other day uh, up there. I saw it somewhere. This was <laughs> Immortal talks uh, no a shit. lot Just of shit for someone who gets beat in a few minutes. 
That's so true. He always does. Emoto is a fraud. I'm not even going to lie. Emoto is a fraud. That man gets beat up every 15 minutes. It's so funny. He he takes so many L's. <laughs> so yeah, it was like I'm um, like right. he's immortal. Yeah, and then uh, yeah, I think that's what happens in episode one. And then we also find out that the new character named uh, Bulletproof, uh, him and Rex Sorry. go at it. <laughs> We're talking about wow, your name is pretty obvious. He's like your name is Rex Blood. Like <laughs> I didn't. Even... I was like, oh, I'm so dumb. I never even noticed that that was his name. No. That oh, shit is, man. you know, uh, I don't, fun fact about Bulletproof isn't something I just learned recently. Bulletproof, uh, the suit and the name is actually originally what Robert Kirkman was going to name Invincible. So that was the original design for Invincible suit and the Bulletproof was the original name for Invincible. So I just thought that that was cool that he made it a separate character. That's so funny because when I saw him, I was like, he's kind of a ripoff of, Bullet, of like Invincible. I kind of felt like right. the eyes. <laughs> yeah. Right, like it and it makes it makes sense as to why like i was i was thinking that like, reading the comics too i'm like bulletproof invincible like dude they're the same thing yeah, yeah that's so funny um all right in, in episode two uh we start off with principal winslow at reginald bell johnson high school <laughs> which i think is so funny uh a reference <laughs> to family matters which yeah uh, some of you don't know reginald bell johnson is the actor who plays officer winslow in mm. family matters and, and, and then mm-hmm. the voice actor, uh, the actual voice actor, Reginald Bell Johnson, is giving the commencement speech, which I that think so was, was so good. I, the I fact that they got so that was very, very cool. I, I love that. Yeah. Um, and then while this is happening, um, the uh, Invincible is fighting, I don't know, this captain guy, I believe. Oh, uh, no, D- Doc, Doc Seismic. Doc Seismic, my boy. I love Doc Seismic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have, why do you like Doc Seismic? Dude, Doc Seismic, and it's so funny because this is what I love about the TV series and the, in terms of the changes to the comics is that he was such a boring character in the comics. He was just some like mad old scientist. Like he was the mad old scientist. Yeah. But, but the series managed to make him like so funny in a way that was like current. You know, because like remember in the first season, like he, he what, did, what did he say? Because I was just rewatching the first season. He said he, uh, he had a minor in African dance. He double majored. He majored in gender studies. Um, like he was just like a really like socially like socio politically aware like supervillain. And I just found that really funny because they made him kind of sympathetic uh, when he wanted to destroy the monuments and stuff like that. I, I like the part where he goes like Professor Seidman. He goes, "No, it's Doctor. I never taught." <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> <laughs> right? Like he's so snarky. Like it's so it's hard to hate him as a villain. Like I genuinely enjoy seeing him. Yeah, yeah, and then he was like, "Do you know what this is made out of? Granite." And like, isn't that most building? <laughs> like, yeah. Well, you can keep the ones made out of wood. <laughs> I was like, what? No, no, he was like, oh, his interactions with Invincible, I think, are the funniest. Like of all of his, all of his reoccurring villains. Yeah, those those are fun. Uh, and then Invincible gets back in time for his graduation. All this stuff is happening. Then we go to the Guardians, and they're fighting somebody. Who is like a giant, I believe, and he's like got the mm. mind of an eight year old, wants to be a robot. Oh, but yeah. in this, we find out that uh, the robot guy, the kid who's inside the robot, I forgot his name. Uh, mm. not occurring oh, uh, fuck, Rudy. Rudy. Uh, he hasn't experienced fear before, so he experienced fear for yeah. the first time. So that becomes a bit of a storyline. And yeah, that was one say. of the 
So I actually watched. Uh, so I went to Comic Con back in July, and I mm. actually watched the entire Darkwing versus Invincible fight. So that was what they showed us. And oh really? I was like, yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, this is so cool. So when I first saw it, it was really cool. And now you watch it, uh, mm. it's even it's even better because you get all of like the the background of like what's happening here, which is really cool. Yeah. Like, why he's working for Cecil again? What's happening? Yeah, uh, by the way, that. Jazz just stepped out for a second. He had a work call. He will be back. Uh, for hopefully. Sure. Uh, yeah. So I thought the Darkwing fight was really good because it wasn't Darkwing; it was Darkwing's assistant. And apparently, mm-hmm. there is a city with a curse yeah. on it, which is always yeah. night. Which is really yeah. funny, it's like a Batman reference, because Batman was always night in the yeah, Batman the animated good. series. Yeah, mm-hmm. I thought that Gotham was really cool. What are your What are your thoughts on Darkwing? I thought that was dope. I actually I like I like I really like Darkwing as just like a concept, like as a character concept. Like um, seeing him in the very first episode of Invincible when the Guardians of the Globe were like um, saving those people at the White House, and like seeing that like like he genuinely was a true hero. Like I thought that scene where like he's being crushed under a car and he's got like the civilian under him, and he like saves the civilian knowing damn well that like if he doesn't get saved, like right now like he'll die like i thought that like that was genuinely cool and so seeing him seeing him die in season one was like equal parts funny and equal parts sad um i love how the world building for this show is because they just like it's just like a random tidbit like oh yeah so some magician some magician like made it so that that city is always night like no big deal like i love how cecil is just like matter of fact about all the wacky shit that happens (laughs) in the invisible world so. Yeah, it's really like that's just something that happens. No big deal. Yeah, just, um, what was his name? What was his name? It's like the night magician or some shit like that. I, I don't remember. I forget. I forget who the name was. Uh, but speaking of like weird people and weird shit, uh, <laughs> he's a ghost invincible. He goes like, "Yeah, you got to go and uh, talk to the fish people because your dad killed them, and now you may have to marry their queen." <laughs> and he's like, "What?" <laughs> uh, that was funny. I thought I. I thought that was, I thought that was really really funny. And then while yeah. Mark is going to this like fish land to to mm-hmm. meet this queen, we get another scene of uh, Doctor Langstrom Levy, and he's back, and yeah. it's a new version of him. So it's not exactly the pacifist version, but it's this new mm-hmm. combined version of him. Uh, mm-hmm. He's deformed, and he's got all this stuff on there. And he yeah. finds a universe where Mark is captured. Mm-hmm. And what he does, he goes, yeah, I'll help you. Just tell me what happened, how you got captured. So he's yeah. using intel and information and gathering information mm-hmm. to figure out how to beat him, which I yeah. thought it was cool. And he says, well, they used quantum bombs to defeat my dad. And then for me, they just wore me out and they got me when I was sleeping. And I was like, makes sense. You <laughs> gotta sleep sometimes. <laughs> I completely forgot about that when he said that. And it's so yeah. funny. He's got me while I was asleep. And then you see Cecil as a woman, which I thought was also pretty funny. Yeah, like in this universe, a, was... in in the universe that they're women, they actually caught him. <laughs> tell me that's not woman. Like, yeah, I know, right? Like that. Tell me that's not saying something. Like that doesn't mean something. Of course, of course, the woman Cecil is the one that caught him. <laughs> I love that, but people are too dumb enough to catch that. <laughs> oh yeah, no, people oh, are too. Stupid. It's so funny. Um, all right, so. At the end, they have this giant fight with, I believe, this, these fish people. And oh, yes. what happens is 
he ends up having to defeat this giant monster, but the monster gets loose and might kill the queen. So, you know, Cecil's telling him, don't worry about it. Come home. It's not, it's not your problem. And he yeah. decides like, no, I'm not my father. I'm going to go and help these people. And yeah. he ends up actually going and helping these people to like, yeah. just further distinguish that he's not like his dad. What right. are your thoughts about that? I thought it was really cool. They're setting up sort of, cause the entire invincible story is 100% about mark sort of figuring out his path as a superhero and i thought that was executed really really well because cecil you know and cecil and omni-man are two characters that um have qualities to them that mark recognizes that he doesn't he doesn't want like cecil himself is not is in no no way shape or form an angel you know what i mean like he's not he he works for the united states uh, government, he does yeah. not work for the greater good of the world or for the people, no. people or anything like that. And so um, seeing like sort of Mark step into his own and, you know, go against even Cecil um, to follow his own heart as a superhero, I think was executed really well. It was a, it was a scene in which I was really, really proud of him for real. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. I agree. Uh, all right. And then after this episode, uh, episode three starts and Mark ends up going to college. And um, the first thing that happens is he decides to get it on. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, and they're discussing like the mechanics of like how this would work. <laughs> and, oh, yeah. uh, is it like super? <laughs> yeah, that scene was like, I'm so glad they cut when they did. Because I was like, the animation is weird. The sounds that they're making is weird. Like, I don't want to watch yeah. it. Yeah. So, so what happens is they do something weird and, and they cut. And instead of doing the invincible um mm. you know they kind of go into this other planet uh, of and give us the backstory about how they were uh occupied by the Veltramites. cool and you know that the, and we know that the nupa are basically the aliens mm. that created alan the alien which we'll, we'll learn mm. about in a little bit um so it was really cool. They were like, hey, they were defeated, but they were biding time and they kept, you know, biding mm. time. Then they attacked. Uh, they attacked their yeah. occupier. And I'm like, another yeah. thing that's a parallel to things that are happening, you know, uh, I mean, right. And right. then they were it's like, cool. they, they ended up underestimating their oppressors and the oppressors mm -hmm. decimated them. Uh, yeah. And then some of them escaped. And as they escaped, they tried to figure out ways where they could you know defeat them creating a being that could defeat the veltramites mm -hmm. um the fact that you know they took their time and then they made an attack and then right. they retaliated with a gr great amount of force yeah i don't know it's very parallel to the things that are yeah. happening in the world today right and then yeah. the fact that they have to escape they have to seek refuge right mm -hmm. these are the things that happen in the real world so yeah. i definitely like that um and then they show that like they tried to breed this alien and mm. they finally got one with Alan. He's the one and only one that they got. Yeah. Um, and basically he was as a kid, a great fighter and he's super strong. Um, from what I know, he's supposed to be one of the strongest people in the invincible universe. He's like up there yeah. with a lot of people. Yeah, um, he is. He is up there like this, his current form right now. No, but like he, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not, you know, that he obviously, survives um and yeah so, like, him going him down the line he he does get incredibly strong like genuinely. yeah so 
we see him go and talk to Thaddeus, uh, who is the, the leader, who is mm-hmm. voiced by none other right. than Peter Kellan, who is freaking Optimus, Optimus Prime. Prime himself. I thought that was, his voice is unmistakable. As soon as he started talking, I was like, I talked to his brother. But there's so much gravitas in his voice yeah. that you're just like, yeah. oh, this is such a good get. This is such yeah. a good get. No, the, the um, voice cast for this series is stacked. Like, it's insane it's, how stacked it is. It is so stacked. And then and the, the person that like I, I mentioned that like takes me out is a little bit is um is Seth Green. Uh, Seth Rogan. Seth Rogan. Oh, I knew it. Played, <laughs> I knew yeah. It. Like every time I hear Alan the Alien talk, I'm just like, that's yeah. just Seth Rogan talking. No, it is it's just Seth Rogan. For me, it works because like specifically because I don't know why reading the comic. It's not that I heard Seth Rogan's voice, but when he was casted as Seth Rogan, like it immediately like clicked to me um mm. his personality their personalities to me seth rogan's personality and alan alien's personality like of like just being goofy like when it's time to be goofy and like having moments in which they're like deadly serious like i don't know it felt like it worked immediately and this is probably like, the first time where like seth rogan yeah. has voiced a character that like i feel like works so i definitely do get what you mean as how like every character he voices just sounds like seth rogan like seth rogan it's just an actor who's doing voice work, whereas yeah. like Peter Cullen is a voice actor. Like He's even though you know actor. that's Optimus Prime, it's yeah. not the same Optimus Prime because like Thaddeus doesn't have like a hint of leadership and confidence in his name. Right. Optimus yeah. Prime does. Optimus Prime has a very inspiring voice where right. like Thaddeus doesn't, and you find it at the end why like he did it on purpose because he may not be such a stand up person. Which right, I thought was, right, right, like very very well done and that's when you know someone is a voice actor like they think about this in advance yeah yeah yeah. it's like it's similar voices but you know um optimus prime has this sort of gravitas this warrior's gravitas to him yes warrior yeah and thaddeus just sounds like an old you know it's older it sounds a little more timid it sounds a little less like in your face um Yeah. yeah like you said it is like dependent on because of like you know, you start to decide to reveal his character and see exactly, you know, what the type of person he is. And so I'm really excited to see what they do with this character moving moving forward because he is somebody who um, is very, very interesting. Uh, I yeah. will say that. Very true. Very true. So uh, Alan was basically this amazing alien who was like a super soldier for these aliens, but he still could not defeat even one Veltramite, right? Mm-hmm. So... That's what that's what they decided to instead of making him a warrior, he is somebody who goes out and finds uh, different planets and figures out if they have a warrior and if that warrior is good enough, if we can use him to fight the Veltramites. Yeah. So he ends up fighting, uh, finding Invincible, and he's telling them about Invincible. He goes, "Hey, this guy is ultra Veltramite, but he's half Veltramite, mm-hmm. and he doesn't like his mm-hmm. dad." And they're all mm-hmm. like, "Whoa! First of all, Veltramites never like." procreate with like other people they're like racial yeah. purity is very yeah. important to them so that's one thing and they're mm. like a, and they never fight amongst each other and that's another yeah. thing and they're like hey how can we use that against them and at this mm. point i'm like okay thaddeus i see you trying to come up with a plan um yeah. but then he'll tell them hey there's a mole so right. i need you to to scope this out now yeah. Who did you think the mole was at this moment in time? Because I thought it was his girlfriend. I thought mm. she was going to end up being the mole. What about you? You know, it's so funny. And this is one thing I'm so I'm so grateful for. I've completely 100% forgotten who the mole was in the comic books. So, like, I have no fucking clue. So, I'm thinking, like, as I'm watching, I'm like, hmm. I also thought it was his girlfriend. But seeing, like, I 
I I think it's it's genuine. It's got to be as it's obviously one of the council members. Um, and if I had to guess which council member it was, I don't remember exactly what his name was, but he was one of the ones that was like arguing with him the most um, mm. about how like you can't you you know you can't use Mark and Mark isn't you know reliable and this isn't reliable information. I I place my money on one of those like sneaky little council members, but I don't think it's his girl and I don't think it's Datus either. Really, I thought it could have been Datus. At the end, I was like, oh, I thought it was. Oh, yeah. But okay, yeah. we'll, we'll see. I'm excited to find out. Um, him, he also gets it on with his girlfriend. A lot of people getting laid in this episode. Yeah, <laughs> what is she going on this episode? I ain't even gonna lie. A lot of shit is going on. They yeah. try to go back to Mark, and they're like, "Oh, Mark's still doing it." Yeah, <laughs> they're like still, still going. <laughs> it's like, damn. Yeah, man, it's a lot of stuff was going on. I had to fast forward through a little bit of it because I'm like, <laughs> I was like. I like, I don't want nobody catching me watching this. <laughs> yeah, right. Like if somebody walks in at this time, at this specific time, I'm gonna look stupid. So I had to look I, stupid. That's why I don't watch anime because some parts of it are just so awkward. And Dude, I was like, somebody catch me watching this. 100. percent How do you explain this? Like, yes, it's, it's a so sex hard. scene, but it has tentacles. <laughs> like, I don't understand. Yeah, like they'll be doing the weirdest shit. Like it won't even be an explicit sex scene, but it'll just like it'll have like such like sexual overtones. Yeah, like, yeah, those are always like, and they're often like most always like predatory in some way, and so that's why yeah. I end up fast forwarding them. I know. So he he goes to a a diner with his girlfriend, a space diner, and mm. all of a sudden, uh, the Veltramites show up, and they start. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a gang initiation. They're just like beating the yeah, shit out I'm, of them. It was bad. Out of him, that was yeah. the word. That was the worst sort of instance of getting jumped I've ever seen in this series. I mean, people get he, jumped a lot in this show. Yeah, but he didn't give it up, man. He didn't give up no. any information at all. He he was he was a G. He didn't he didn't give he took up. It like a champ. I'm not gonna yeah. lie. Yeah, he, <laughs> he ate that shit too. He was, no, he, he was ate smiling. It. He was smiling when they were he was, he, was. he he ate them bitches like he was. I mean, like he he took it and, and it was so sad to have his girlfriend like watch the whole time. That's sad. And then his eye yeah, popped out. I was like, no, not his one eye. Disgusting, dude. It was gross. And then they punched straight through him. Viltrumites love punching straight through people. That's like their yeah. disgusting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that was wild. Um, and I'm always like, yo, who told these motherfuckers? It hasn't this man like basically like came back, told yeah. everybody what happened, hooked up with his girlfriend, went, went to get to dinner, dinner, and then yeah. boom, already, right. already they're attacking him. So the person snitched in like 25 minutes. Like it was like an immediate, like it was an immediate yeah. snitch. Like they told immediately. That was so funny. Yeah, it uh, was dark. It was a really dark yeah. scene. And the way the scene was played in just terms of like the music and the sound design, it was really like this was not a fight scene. This wasn't and like this wasn't like a heroic sacrifice. Like this was a fucking beatdown. Like then they yeah. played like a tragic beatdown. It was very tragic, but he didn't die. He's still alive. Yeah. He was on life support, and, yep. and and she was watching him until Daddy just came in, and he's like, "I'm sorry," and kills him. So like, yeah. I thought that meant Thaddeus was a mole, but I did yeah. feel a little weird about him saying, "I'm sorry." Like, if he was a mole, why is he yeah. sorry? And I'm like, yeah. is is he a Viltrumite in disguise? Like, because Viltrumites look human. They look normal. They do. They do look like regular people. They do look like yeah. regular. People. The thing about so, Thaddeus and and that scene is just like. I mean, I, I genuinely, because it, it would be baffling to me even if it was like he was doing something that was harming him. Um, but like, I have no explanation. Like, I want to say that like he wasn't doing anything wrong, but I genuinely have no plausible explanation for why he would turn off his life support other than to like be a dick yeah. about it. So like, I don't know. 
I don't know. That was wild. But again, we think this episode is ending. The credits roll. And then all of a sudden we're back at the Guardians and they're like working out <laughs> in their um in their freaking thing. And one thing we didn't mention, Im- Immortal, uh, he's like banging one of the girls <laughs> on the team. Duplicate. Duplicate. Duplicate, yeah. 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 And then and then Rex is pissed about it, and he's like, they're mm-hmm. having a conversation, and she's like, Well, he's the only one that gets me because he's the only one who has also died a bunch of times. And like yeah. and he's like, he's a thousand years old, which is kind of predatory but then she's like yeah. well if you count all the lives that my duplicates have i'm the same age as them i'm like i, I don't think it works that way i don't, yeah, I don't, I don't know if that's how, the, how it works at all i don't think the, i don't think the math does does enough math <laughs> <like that. laughs> but i kind of see it because like when she absorbs her clones like I, I i assume she also absorbs their individual experiences as well and like that compiles in her brain so like theoretically like if a clone goes out and lives its own life for like a year or so and then comes and gets reabsorbed like it could yeah. like you know, like that experience and sort of that like all of that goes into her as well so like i don't agree with it but i can see on a theoretical level what she means yeah i, I understand what she means but i don't think it works that way because like if you if two two-year-olds have an experience they're not, <laughs> right. having, they're not having the experience if you add them together they're not having the experience it's of a four-year-old so they're having the yeah. experience of Two two-year-olds, right? They're still true. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Their their brain functions is still the exact same. Like they're still the same age, all of that. Yeah. And then one thing we didn't mention, they did show back in season one, um Mark went to Mars to fight people, and this little parasite or something. Uh, oh, yeah, got, you know, yeah. He came back, and then this guy is a astronaut and people were like yeah you're being a little weird uh you should take administrative leave and oh he, yeah they fired his he, ass yeah and he's at home eating pizza frozen pizza not even cooked and he decides to be a superhero so he becomes a superhero called shapeshift mm-hmm. and as they're arguing in here he's like i'm going to run stationary in a uh, uh, in that position and they're like oh he's gonna go on a treadmill and he's just like standing on a treadmill that's off and just doing like <laughs> he's <laughs> dude he's so weird he is so weird and he, he's a funny character because it's like it's like i always find martian characters in comics super funny because like they're not special like martian man like they all have the same yeah. sort of like power set so i just find it really funny how like a martian character was killed in the guardians of the globe and then they just like get a new one like like they right get out. a new one exactly and they're always like where in the world are you from and he's You're right there. To pretend like he's he's a normal Earth person. Oh uh, yeah, that's right. They don't know yet. Yeah, they don't know yet. They don't know yet. Right, right. So, so while this is happening, um, the mom goes to a like an AA meeting or something for like spouses of superheroes, Mm. and she meets this guy. They go to a bar, and she's Mm. like finally connecting with somebody. And then he, they found out that his wife was one of the people that was killed by Omni-Man. Yeah. Uh, and she's like, yeah, my husband was Omni-Man. <laughs> and yeah. they didn't take it well. They didn't take it well. They're like, you should not come back here. Uh, his mom's having it pretty rough, man. She is yeah. she's having yeah. a rough time. Yeah, what I find so cool about this series, I think my favorite, genuinely my favorite part, is that they made his mother an actual character. In the comics, it was not that way at all. She finds out, um, you know, and like, like, so in the comic books, there is no like investigation on her part whatsoever. As a matter of fact, there's no real investigation at all. Nobody even suspects Nolan. Um, mm-hmm. But 
in this series, like they make her an, an integral character and give her a character arc. Because when she finds out in the comics that Omni Man is evil and he calls her a pet and whatsoever, like you get a couple panels where she's like super sad about it. But like her experiences, like as a character, like are really, really minimal. And this show mm. took that as like a lot of the fans were sort of like, you know, they wanted to know more about how somebody who's been married to somebody for decades yeah. would feel. Their, their husband being literally the world's worst like killer. Um, yeah, and so yeah, they, yeah. Turned her, they turned her into a whole character. And so I'm experiencing her character arc for the very first time. Um, and I'm seeing it, you know, within this TV series. And I think it's done so well. They're exploring her grief and they're exploring the sort of, the sort of like way she blames herself for not knowing and the way other people blame her. And I just thought it was like really profound and just like a really, really well done for like for like an animated series to do. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I, th I thought it was really, really well done. And it was something that I wasn't expecting either. Um, and then uh, speaking of things that I wasn't expecting, Seance Dogs arrives. <laughs> no. <laughs> and, and I was just like, so Seance Dog was like a Doctor Strange ripoff of a, of a cartoon mm -hmm. character. And he showed up at his dorm room and Mark is like, oh, crap. Obviously, it's not real. He takes him out to the woods, kind of beats him mm -hmm. up a little bit. And then he says, OK, I'm this from this bug planet. I'm the bug and we need your help. There are meteoroids uh, that are going to attack us and mm. we need your help to destroy these meteors. And then, you know, his friend convinces him to go. Um, he tells Amber that he's going and she's like, you never have to apologize for saving lives, which like, I thought it was great. Yeah. I don't understand the fandom. They still don't like Amber. I, I think I can understand why maybe it's right. Uh, yeah it's you know you know you know like it's right? but like she she's a good character and yeah. i don't understand why she gets so much shit it's it's weird yeah it's so weird she was completely justified like like completely justified in being annoyed with mark for like lying to her for like over six months about him you know being invincible and not only that but just like being inconsiderate of like accepting to go on dates when he knows that like there's a high chance that like in the middle of that date he'll he'll leave and like leaving for months on end like that shit in the real world would make me so upset too like it would actually genuinely piss me off especially if my partner like was lying to me about it and yeah, so yeah. like the backlash was so weird and even though like she's now you know super accepting and super cool like people just hate it and like like we said yeah there's a reason why there's there some people you you'll you'll never make happy when it comes to right. things like that right um so he ends up going <laughs> to this planet once he gets there turns out there is no meteor shower mm -hmm. fucking nolan's there and that's yeah. where it ends and I'm just blown away. That was a big twist to me. I did not see that coming oh, yeah. at all. Yeah, I was so excited to see that scene. I was so excited to see that scene. I wasn't expecting that they'd do it in the third episode, um, but that was a that was a really cool scene. I want to know what sort of like what you thought about it, um, because I honestly, you know, it's unfair for me to talk about it, but I genuinely want to know what you thought about it. So I'm over here like, how is this possible? I thought we were gonna get like more scenes of like them trying to figure out what happened to him or why he left yeah. and they're pretty quickly going into it and he's like yeah. oh son it's been a while and i'm like has it been a while it's been two episodes hey, right maybe it has i don't know i don't uh, know how time how time moves like i have no idea how long it's been either i don't know how long it's been but i think it's, it's really interesting and i'm he approached mark with like kindness so i'm like this man yeah. just beat the shit out of his son 
to the point right. where he would really kill him. And yeah. and then, you know, like, just left. <laughs> and and that was it. And now we're at a point where like yeah. he's like, Hello, son, and everything is fine. He's like, you you yeah. gotta beat the shit out of me. <laughs> you see how he flinched when he saw him, like in the in the yeah. reaction shot. Like he was like, like he was ready to, you know, like that is trauma. Like the way like his body instantly reacted to seeing his father who nearly beat him to death yeah. was like so just like it was so it was so insane to see and robert kirkman actually has said that um in season episode in invincible season two there will be four really crazy episodes episode four um and episode eight so episode four obviously you know will be coming out what like next next, is friday. Is next friday and i know exactly what episode four is going to be about but i have no idea what he means by episode eight but yeah episode four is looking to be really 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 crazy all right cool man Sounds yeah, good. Sure. We'll we'll have to do an episode uh on that on that if we can because that's gonna be really really fun. Um, listen, man, thank you so much for coming on the show, man. It was great to have yeah. you. I love talking about Invincible with you, man. We'll have you on for yeah, no, every thanks. episode that you're willing to be on, man. We'll absolutely, we'll man. I would love to. No, no questions asked. Like you just let All me know. Right. Let's do it. Let's do it. Either Fridays or Saturdays or Sundays. One of these three days. We'll we'll have we'll have it put on the calendar and we'll do every episode. We'll do one episode so we can dive in a little bit more deeply. Yeah, man. Thank you. No problem. Uh let people know where they can find you real quick. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know what? Um, I am on TikTok, uh Destructo Jugo. That's where you can find me for the most part. Um, and then from TikTok, you can, you know. Uh, my links, my all my links are on there, but I most I post most, if not all, of my content on TikTok. So uh, follow me, come comment. I'll be making invincible posts regularly to recap the episodes and just like talk about the characters and stuff that's going on within the series. And yeah, awesome, man! Thank you so much for being on the show. And guys, uh, don't forget to like, comment, share, subscribe, and you know, feel free to add us on here. We're gonna have Destructo on every other week or every episode whenever the show comes back and uh tune in in the next like i don't know seven minutes we're gonna be back and we're going to be doing uh gen v so stay tuned for that. as an audience member so all right um, see you all right Bye -bye. salam nerds <laughs>